Ready? Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 13-2, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. I'm Pernet. Um, every week we get together and we listen to great video game music of the past and the present, and this week is no different. <laughs> well, it is a little different. We sprung a little forward into the future on this one because the weather, my God, that weather. I think we finally broke through the veil. Finally hit springtime. You finally hit springtime. I didn't even wear my puffy coat, which never happens, right? I yeah. wear my puffy coat in I, summer. My dog is like looking like he's like, where's my bed? Because you usually like come in and you take your coat and you throw it down on the ground. And he just rushes it. Yeah. And he's so confused now. He's looking over there like, guys, where's my bed? <laughs> Maybe I'll just start bringing it for him at some point and he can give it a shot and then I'll, I mean, if it don't write. But uh, I mean, I'll admit, I'm glad the weather's getting better. I am slowly trying to get acclimated mm-hmm. to said weather and also just yeah. trying to pre- prevent temptation. I think the good weather also brought in the cash consumption machine because there are temptations, man. Garbage Pail Kid pop figures. I saw those. Yeah, yeah. You're into that, right? I want those. There's a freaking. <laughs> I told you about this earlier. There's a Shin Megami Tensei Ami Ami figure yeah. that I... Pre-ordered in the sense of like saying I'm interested in it back in like November or October of last year, and I got the email for today unexpected. It's like, hey, it's only going to cost you 260 bucks to get your gaming statue. I'm like, that's uh, a lot of money for a statue. All right, look, look, no, no figures until we have a place to put them. How about that? But I do have a place. It's in my heart. <laughs> it's just in your heart. You can like take a picture of it, right? Just and that's where you'll have it. <laughs> Forever. Forever. But Jack Frost, he glows in the dark. Well, then there's that. Oh, you said it. that, Jack Frost. This, no, I'm thinking of Jack Skellington. No, no, Jack Frost. He's the pretty much the Megaton mascot. Of gotcha, source. gotcha. Um, and then there are... Um, when you said that, I was like, well, I didn't think that you were into the Nightmare Before Christmas that much. Not, Wait, not no. much at all. No, yeah, I didn't think so. I think Kingdom Hearts is as close as I got to that series. Yeah, yeah, me too. But what a great level, though. That was very good. That was the the great music on that level too. Mm-hmm. That was very very good. Yeah, I, I was expecting to like the Tron stage more, but it was so short. That was the problem with it. If yeah, it was longer than the Yeah, but like you know, people are more excited. People are obviously going to be more excited for Night uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I w- I would disagree. I remember when that game got press. Yeah, like when it was announcing the new world and. People were in trying got revealed. Yeah, yeah. People lost their brain cells to it. Like they were <laughs> I know, just I did. spilling them all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, because Nightmare Before Christmas is a wanted thing, but it was an expected thing. No one saw trying coming. So all the dormant fans just lost it. <laughs> they had to have it. Um, but it's honestly, it was just a great game. A gum. A, I love how it's a great game. But um, yeah, Tron was definitely a nice boon to that. Nightmare Before Christmas, I was not big on except for that in Kingdom Hearts. But like basically, long story short, though, there's just a lot of different games and paraphernalia yeah. and doodads, yeah. all of which cost money, and yeah. nobody's giving it to me. <laughs> so I stare and I wonder. I look at the board game sales. And the, what is it with us in wanting new things? Constantly wanting the new, even though I'll go play the old. I, it's, it's a 
strange habit. I booted up Breath of Fire 4 today. Remember that game? You're like, no. That was, that was a SNES title, right? <laughs> no, sir. PS1. It was oh, the last. Yes. No, I remember that. Yeah. It was the last traditional Breath of Fire game ever made. Don't want to count six. No, no, it may not even been traditional. But uh, what about five? Five was a weird, like. Just skipping over top five. Di- yeah, not, not really. Five was a very odd type of game. It was more like a, I want to say almost like a darn near Daniel strategy RPG. Oh, okay. Because um, you had people wandering through like mazes and stuff, individual units, and you had to battle individual units, and there was this weird turn condition where you couldn't you'd become a dragon too much. A lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. And that's why it's kind of vilified by the community, or not won't say vilified, vilified but it's, it's got very divided opinions yeah. going at it, coming it's at interesting. It. It's interesting how um, public opinion on certain games can really, like, drive the, not public opinion, but, like, the strong opinion of especially the, um, the, the people who are super into these games uh, can really change how well a game is eventually received. And I think about um, like a lot of the street, newer Street Fighter games, like Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Like people were excited about that when it came out, mm-hmm. and then after about a year, a lot of the top players and a lot of the uh, people were writing about it, and they were like, "No, this is, game is dumb." And now no one, no one seems to like it. But if you go back and look at it, it's not a bad game. It's just, and it wasn't what people expected. And same thing with um, Marvel, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Mm-hmm. People are like, "Oh, it's not, it's not great. It's not what we wanted," but. It's not a bad game. I mean, it's just a different type of game. Like, I haven't played I, I don't know. Marvel Capcom Infinite, though I really kind of wanted to play it. But I will say one big difference between the two spectrums. So, I love how I was like, we have to eat off the topic, but this is a fun dialogue. So, um... We got, we got time. <clears throat> you figure, <laughs> like, the games you're describing, they, rec- they demand, they need public opinion. They need it to thrive. So, if a contingent decides that Marvel Capcom Infinite is not worth playing mm. and most of the game's purpose comes from online play, that means the online community is going to dwindle, which means even people that like the game are going to play it less because there's no one to play against uh, on the internet. Okay, so the so game saying, will plummet. You're, you're saying it's different because it's that online community that, that eventually goes away and that's yeah, like if, if it's if, not there, people aren't going to play it. Yeah, like if right. these 10 guys don't like Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, I can say I don't really give a crap if you like it or not. I think it's great and it's not going to affect my play experience at all. The only downside is that if you have no knowledge of the game and you want to give it a shot, the same mostly this happens a lot with retro gamers, and you're like, I'm trying to get involved in the old style games. I heard about this Breath of Fire 5 game. Mm. What do you think of it? And then the old heads come out going, the game's terrible. You don't even want to play it. You're probably going to go off of their word because you don't want to go through the hassle trying to find the game Mm -hmm. to buy it to be disappointed like these guys were when the reality of it is maybe you will like it. Not dismissing other people's opinions per se, but just because these people don't like it doesn't mean you will dislike it. It just means there's a higher chance that you'll dislike it. Right. So the more people say no, it just means the less likely you'll want to try it. But hey, I like Ephemeral Fantasia. That game got panned forever. Yeah, I was really... Uh, and when it goes towards movies too... Like, I was really into that one movie with Will Smith where he's a superhero. Oh, that movie was great, though. That movie was awesome, but it Hancock. got... Hancock. yeah, it got horrible reviews. Yeah, I didn't see it till later, and I will admit there was a component yeah. towards, the, towards end the end where it got bad, but yeah. it wasn't... It's, it's not even that it was bad, it was just it was very ham-fisted. Yeah, but it was a it was a fun, though. It was a good movie, right? Yeah. I thought I, so. And honestly, that last quarter, 
was still entertaining. Yes. But the first three quarters was the best part of the film. Like that was the that was the bread and butter. And then that last quarter was like, we found some jam downstairs. I know you like jam, so you want to put some on that last <laughs> corner of bread you got left? Right, I'm right. Like, okay, yeah, sure. All right, well, I guess we'll take it. I mean, you left it out there at the beginning of the movie. You might as well finish it up, right? Yeah, just spread it on. I'll make but it But sometimes, do. you know what? I think sometimes if they're going to leave that jam there and it's not that good of a jam, you can leave it. You can leave it. Yeah, they could have just they could have left that part out. All but. Right. So about Hancock. Well, so yeah, Will no. Smith <laughs> is a dynamic actor. No, this is a great segue. We're talking about um, we're going to talk about pinball games today, and not not music for pinball machines, but we're t- I'm hoping I got this right. Video games for pin pinball video games. Yes, and that's the music that I chose from. Yes. Okay, so maybe there'll be a little difference of opinion here. <laughs> um, also, so before we get started on some of the music, um, I did switched out the microphones last episode, and now I'm running off of an old sound card this episode until I have the funds to, in time to, to go get a new one. So hopefully the audio is coming out okay on your end. Um, let us know if it's not, and I apologize, and it'll get fixed next week. We're not week. committing seppuku or anything, no, no. but we might drink... I don't know, hot pepper soda. Yeah, know. I'll eat a whole bunch of jalapenos and rub them in my eyeballs. There you go. Yes. That's I, a promise. And I deserve it. No, I wouldn't go that far, well, but, maybe but it's still a fun it's, promise. Yeah, absolutely. It's something to do. I know you like it. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it's just something to do past the time. Good old springtime weather. So I went with a bunch of old school tracks. Um, I, I like pinball a lot. Now, we'll talk about that. As we get into it, but there's some really cool music that I found specifically for the Sega Genesis. This game is called Dino Land for the Sega Genesis, and it's composed by Ichiro Hada. And this track has a weird name. It's called Showerboard. Yeah. And I thought it was maybe like this, like the scoreboard, but it's called the Showerboard. The level takes place in the shower. It might. I mean, honestly, I didn't play this game, so we're gonna find out. The music is super cool. This is from Dino Island, composed by Ichiro Hada. For the sake of Genesis.
This is Showerboard from the game Dino Land for the Sega Genesis, composed by Ichiro Hada. And this is a tr- this is a jam. I, I I had to start the episode with this track. Like I just want to li- I just want to listen to this whole track over one more time. Dino Land. Every time you mention the name of the game, I keep thinking about Dino City, which is a completely different game on a different type of terrain. So. Clearly, this is a metro. That's a more of a metropolitan dino and utopia. Yeah, this is this is a more of a of a pinball focused city. This isn't even a city. <laughs> it's like a it's a it's an actual like plateau. It's yeah, like this yeah. dirt. So this is like the game is like you're on this land. It's on land, right? It's just it's just on land, and you have flippers, and you're and you're flipping a ball, and you're and you're hitting like dinosaurs and stuff the name basically the game's description is the title it's, it's a, a land yeah. of dino it's a land of dinosaurs but there's and, a pinball somewhere but you're you're but there's pinball if you just take pinball and integrate it into everyday life that's what this game is uh, well maybe not so much it's so funny because when i saw it i was like that's fine i could describe this that's so normal and, and you would expect to see this in a pinball video game but now I'm having the hardest time describing it. I, I guess, like I said, it's in the title. Like, uh, yeah. Like, it's just dinosaurs on land with pinballs on occasion. And the only thing I didn't, uh, made me sad about it was that there's no subtables to it. Like, it's all, here's your table, beat the tar out of some targets. But the precision aspects of the game are pretty solid. Like, I don't... One of my usual gripes about video pinball games is that similar frustrations you could have to like real pinball mm-hmm. where the ball just never goes where you want it to go like yeah. you feel like you got the timing down but it's just something that didn't feel right but this game it's pretty smooth not too complicated at all hmm. and I kind of wouldn't mind playing a little bit more of it yeah this this track is super cool like it gets funky at the beginning with that kind of like fun beat um, it's very shinobi at the, at the opening and then this little section here gets kind of jazzy and then um, I love this little section here where the little the little sprinkles. Well, it definitely covers oh, the duo so of being good. easily loopable or quality loopable because yeah, yeah. being that as a pinball game, you're going to be hearing this track for quite a while. Yeah, there's not a bunch of stages here or there. Um, the rest of the soundtrack, I got to say, it's good. It's not this. It's not touching this. This, this is the jam. I think this is my jam for like the rest of the week. <laughs> this is it. Ding, 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 ding. Well, I can approve that. I, I could drive to this. You know what I mean? Like this, is, pro- this is road trip music. You could drive to this. You could. have driven to this since you found it. <laughs> it's amazing. Ah, well, I like it. I mean, Pernell, top that. All right. Top that. I probably could. It's so good. Actually, I I really could top that. I do have a track on here that would, but I wanted to save it till the end. Oh, see, I, I but then the question to, becomes: Should I just throw it out there now and call it? It's up to you. I thought I wanted to jump out there with the big guns. You know what? Fine, I will do the same thing. All right. Guess what? This track. <laughs> I never even played the game before. I just know of the game. That was a Pernell first, which is right why here. I went to look for it. So the game is on from the Nintendo Wii, and it's called Odama. Odama. Uh huh. The track title is called Cold and Bold, and it's composed by a band, in house band, hmm. called Don't Panic. <laughs> and it's, so, Odama's theme song, Cold and Bold, Cold and Bold by Don't Panic for the Nintendo Wii. Cool. <laughs> Nintendo. 
That was a weird song. That was super cool. That is a like, theme song from the game Odama for the Nintendo GameCube, composed by Cold. Sorry, composed by Don't Panic, and its official title is Cold and Bold. Now, Odama is a game that I knew about for a long time. It was on the Nintendo GameCube. It utilized the Nintendo microphone, which didn't get much press. It usually was like in this game in like Mario Party 6. Really? Um, but I didn't buy it because Review Town didn't wasn't too kind to it. And as everyone that listens to the show as well as you know, I bought enough stuff. So any excuse <laughs> to avoid a purchase was up my alley. Right. So I didn't buy it. But um, it was a perfect fit for this episode. But the game is such a weird concept. So it's like a it's a feudal Japan. Right. And warring armies. Yeah. And the ultimate weapon <laughs> is this giant ball, which you control with flippers. Oh, that's great. So instead of battering rams or catapults. Just a giant ball. You're like, okay, God's got this, got this giant cannonball. we got to use it against our enemies. We're out of cannons. Just flick We're out of trebuchets, but we can flip these springs on their side. <laughs> Thinking about this a little too hard. It's so weird. Like yeah. it, it really is a pinball machine with people running around it. And then you That's have so to also funny. direct units on the battlefield with the microphone while you're playing pinball. It's such an odd concept that I sometimes wish I bought it just by virtue of the fact that it was a weird premise for a game. I love weird premises in games. They're creative and rare. So This is a very like James Bondy sounding theme. Do you think there's a reason for that? Well, you might have a relationship with this game, but I didn't. Um, Because you were big in the Dreamcast back in the day. So, the game Seaman. Yes. These are the same guys. Is it now? Both in music and design. So, just weird. Yeah. Just just weird. They do weird things. Okay. And this is just more of their their shtick. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. So, regardless of whether how well the game is revered throughout the years, they always will have this track that I wish more people knew about and more people talked about. Because this is straight out of James Bond. Yeah. I told you to bring it, and you you brought it. Yeah, this was going to be my ender, but man, I was like... I like it. 
I think it's crazy, and I think it's fun. I love the the, the bongo, the con, like the bongos at the beginning. Yeah, buck, 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 buck. I think it's, and I love the way it ends. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I, I try. That's awesome. So I gotta ask, like, were you big on pinball games in any sort back in the day, or? Yes, I used to really enjoy playing them on. So I had um, I had Revenge of the Gator for the for the Game Boy, and I played that to death. I was really into uh, Pinbot on the Nintendo, but I never was super big into playing pinball machines, like actual pinball machines. Because I, I found like I could never do anything with them, and it wasn't until I got that I worked at Funscape at, the, at that arcade mm-hmm. that we I discovered that it's a competitive pinball with like friends is awesome. Yes, it's so cool because it's it's like it's score attack. You're taking turns. Um, so the guys I played Street Fighter with, we would go and play. I think the game that we were really into was called Attack from Mars, and um, we would play that all the time. So was this Mars? Basically, Mars attacks those big green alien. Yeah, that was the tops. theme. It wasn't like from the movie, but it was definitely like that, like the old school movie, old school movie monster thing. Oh, okay. And um, and then it was kind of a 3D background. And there was a, a video screen on the back, and so there was different targets on the um, on the UFO that would come down. And so, at certain points of the game, you'd have to like stop the UFO by shooting the different targets on the UFO. It was really cool because there's a lot of different angles to get points, and I got really into it. It was a lot of fun. And then um, I got into DDR, and it kind of stopped playing anything else. But we would go to you know different arcades around Maryland and around Jersey to go to tournaments and to play DDR. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guys that we were playing with got really into the Monopoly pinball game. And I would go and try to play it with them, and I had no clue what I was doing go because figuring out how to play a new pinball game and what the scoring system was and this and that is like it's a whole process. It's a whole process, and I was only going to be there for like 30 minutes, and so I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Um, so yeah, that's my history with pinball. I like it. I can't play it worth anything. I think physical pinball is a really interesting thing, and it's it's um, it's a skill. It's an art form. I think the creation of the machines. I think the machines themselves is pure art, like engineering art. But video game pinball can go in a completely different direction and can do so many different things. But it never it never captures that actual physical feeling of gravity, you know, drawing the ball back and forth. And tilt. But you can do a lot of different things, like having characters run across the screen, having crazy themes like Odama. Um, so yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages. Um, you don't see a lot of pinball machines around anywhere because they're so heavy. Maintenance is so expensive. But yeah, that, that's how I feel. Were you into them at all? Not a ton, though... Video game pinball, I was drawn into it by Kirby's Pinball Land back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Any Kirby game was my was something I had to have as a child. So I played the living days out of that, and I would go, wherever I went to an arcade to play it, I would get bored quickly because I would hate that I had, I couldn't truly control where the ball went. Yeah. So like five collisions up no, up north, and then it just slides <laughs> into the gutter. Like I had no control over that. That yeah, cost yeah. me money, and it would frustrate me. Yeah, I know. Um, but then... There apparently there's like there's a pinball museum in Pennsylvania, and that's like maybe like an hour or so from here. Mm-hmm. And I went there with some friends once, and just seeing the plethora of different machines from ages past, like the old wooden pinball machine with the actual rubber bands, yeah, and yeah. stuff like Very that. Cool. It's just 
pinball machines are amazing. And the way that they manipulate physics or they incorporate physics yes. into how the games operate and how they expect players to adapt and play, that takes a lot of genius. There is some intellect that goes into that. Yeah. Knowing exactly how to make the how the bumper should collide, how the, how far it should press the ball out when you hit it, mm-hmm. so it goes to a specific place in a specific way. It's 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 madness. How how they're created is is super interesting. Um, I've always I've always like thought of the the pinball machine as like you know you got you've got the the the, the board right mm-hmm. the table and underneath is a circuit board that has all of you know the triggers for all the flippers are and everything. Uh-huh. But before that kind of solid state circuitry existed, everything was switches. And so a, a friend of ours, um, Bill, was he he kind of refurbishes like arcade games sort of. He got really into pinball for a while, mm-hmm. and he had an old school pinball machine that was like a baseball one with a bat on it. And underneath, he showed me, and it's all wires. There's no circuit board. It's just wires and switches. And it blew my mind. You had to have like this map to know which colors went where um, to do it. So from the beginning, the people who created these things, they really worked for it. You know, to make them more and more electronic, must the it's just a feat of engineering. I think it's very amazing. very cool. All for amusement and, and for a time illegal. Next track and next then you track. Go into that. We gotta talk about that. So my next track is you know very straightforward virtual pinball for the sega genesis this was composed by mark miller and the track we're going to hear is called dementia how's that sound (laughs) i can dig it all right this is dementia from virtual pinball for the sega genesis We'll 
You're listening to the track Dementia from the game Virtual Pinball for the Sega Genesis. Isn't this crazy? <laughs> this is a very weird jam. Yeah, this is composed by Mark Miller, and I love the rhythm. I love all the crazy sound effects. I love the bass. The bass is... Oh, it's dirty. It's a dirty bass. I am interested. I like this quite a bit. Yeah. And also, I should have looked up what this was because I've never heard of this game before. But now, I feel like this episode is going to have me going back to want to play a bunch of pinball, video Mm. pinball games that I I didn't know about in the past. That's what I did. I wanted to know more about pinball titles that were on the Sega Genesis because I wanted to hear more Sega Genesis music mm-hmm. which by the way if, if you're if you've tuned into our also plugging our 24-7 video game music live stream on YouTube uh, there's a lot of Sega Genesis music on there That's and I make baby. no apologies <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Genesis has some great stuff <laughs> but I wanted to see what was out there and I wanted to see what the music was like and I was not disappointed for now well based on what I've heard so oh, far you shouldn't have been this is so cool this sounds like Art of Noise so I have me wondering. Or Mantronics. It sounds like Mantronics. Oof. Based on these two, do you prefer this or Dino Land? Dino Land. I think Dino Land's number one for me. This is this is way up there. It's really close. You haven't heard my third track yet, though. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but I'm going I'm to save that. So I'm, I'm not going to get into the specifics about how pinball was illegal. Was it considered a form of gambling? Yes. So if you want to look it up, it's really it's a really interesting article. Go to um, lookupgizmodo.com, and they have a nice write-up on it that's, that's short, but it has a lot of details on it. So in the 20s, there was um, America instituted prohibition. It was mm-hmm. illegal to sell, distribute alcohol. Yeah. Um, gambling was next on that list. And they cracked down on um, g- gambling halls and pool halls and all that stuff. And pinball was becoming a thing in those places for fun, right? Mm-hmm. And so pinball was considered a game of chance and was taken down too. Just because of the fact that... But it was still legal to own these machines. You just couldn't operate them in public places because it was considered a form of gambling. And this went on, but Willie, so Williams continued to create pinball machines up until like the 70s. Mm-hmm. Or no, they continued to, they kept making them. But up until the 70s, it was still illegal. This, and then wow. in 1976, um, this guy... He was an engineer, and he was an amazing pinball player. He went into New York City and 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 put it in, put it in front of court and said, "Look, this shouldn't be illegal. This is a game of skill. It's a game of chance." Oh, he showed them that you could score well. Yes, yeah. and so he brought a pinball machine in and played for them and said, "You can do well if you're good at this game." And he played, and he did really, really great. And then and then eventually, I think the machine broke, and he had to bring in a backup. And 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 the story goes was that they they were still going to say no. It's still illegal until he said, "No, no, no, no." This next shot, I'm going to shoot it right up the middle lane. One shot, right up the middle lane. Flip the ball, hit it right up the middle lane. He, he called the shot out and did it. And because of that, they, they, they overturned it, and it became legal, and pinball is what it was. So this one <laughs> Pinball guy's- is what it was. <laughs> Arcades aren't around anymore, but pinball you can play pinball wherever. So That's actually really cool. Isn't that crazy? One man essentially saved pinball. Yeah, it was, there, it was a... Yeah, it's amazing to think of. I mean, we grew up with pinball, right? It's also been the eighties, like but Flash. this was this was the seventies, and that wasn't that long ago. That should be a movie of some sort. I can just picture this guy like Flash Gordon. Yeah, they have to they have to play the things. Always like I'm going to sit up the middle and it's like that eighties <laughs> monster. Like da 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 da. He can do it, pinball man. <laughs> and it's like it shows like the sweat dripping down his forehead. And he puts the ball in like slow motion. Vroom. 
And all the people in the courtroom like, <laughs> and the woman in the other court like fanning is like, ah, <laughs> just the whole scene. Oh no, how are we gonna land this plane? Pinball man, it can be Pinball man, land this plane. <laughs> it can be done. It can be. It, it needs to happen. And Eric, he just does all, almost like Audubon Jammer Lammy. He just solves a ton of problems yes. by injecting pinball into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like he's at the zoo and um, uh, lions get loose. Oh, there's there's lions in the loose and there's children on a, on a field trip and they're going to get attacked by the lion. We can do it. <laughs> pinball, pinball man. man. And he just like yeah. kicks like a stroller that bounces off a trash can down a hill <laughs> and knocks a door shut and locks in all the lines. It's uh, perfection. That's TV, man. That's it. He that, came out with a show. It's entertainment. That's better than Magnum P.I. No, it's not. Nothing's no, better than Magnum no, it's P. not. If Magnum P.I. Had a partner, it'd be Pinball Man. It'd be man. Pinball Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's, what's your next track? Well, I'm going to stick with the Genesis vibe right now. Yeah. And pick... I got really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably heard this track before, honestly. What's up? It's from the game Sonic Spinball. Oh, yeah. It is the option stage, stage. It's the option screen theme from that game, and the composers from that game are Howard Drosen, Brian Coburn, and Barry Blum. Mm. back you're listening to the options jam i'm calling it that from now the options <laughs> jam from sonic spinball composed by howard drussen brian coburn and barry blum this so is this no is not this is not sonic spinball this this is road rash this is <laughs> this, this track is amazing fun fact this is probably one of my if not my well i won't say it's my favorite but it's definitely one of my favorite genesis tracks i've of all time. Really? Yes. This is the options screen. There's a lot going on for an options music screen. Which is amazing because the only thing you really did in the options screen was determine which button activated which flipper, which means you'll <laughs> never go to the options screen. So most people probably don't even know this track exists. Well, I remember Spinball came out like towards like the end of the life cycle of the Sega Genesis, I think. That's how it felt to me anyway. Is that? Yeah, I want to say it came out like October 93. Okay. Um, because so I, remember, I, remember, I remember not buying it, but I rented it. Yeah, me too. It was like a time where I was like, I'm going to try renting it, but it wasn't a game that I was going to play a whole lot. And then it was just weird. It was just different enough. And then what ended up happening was for Christmas that year, my cousin, younger cousin, got a Genesis, like a new model Genesis. This is when Genesis decided they want to put that weird new bar on the side saying, Genesis, we're totally cool now. Check this out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like the original Sega Genesis that looked like a spaceship. Yeah, I preferred yeah. that one too, yeah, honestly. Too. I think it was cool. So, like, he got this game along with the new model Genesis. I actually wanted to read it. It came in a bundle. 
But yeah. uh, I would go down over his house and play it in the basement and deal with the, the constant frustration that came with it. This game's controls were brutal. They were weird. I remember that. I, I remember, did beat the game, though. Because it was like they were trying to put in that kind of like pinball physics and at the same time still have Sonic physics and Sonic gameplay, but not quite. Yeah, it's such a weird mashup. I ended up learning about it from looking while preparing for this episode, but apparently this game had like a crunch of development time. Oh, really? Yeah, like apparently uh, they did the entire game in like oh, less than a year. That's right. I did read about this. So they didn't have... It's so strange. This is completely unrelated that I was looking this up. But you're right. They, it, was, it had a crunch time to get the game out there, so they didn't have a whole lot of time for QA. Mm -hmm. So they found that if the game were to crash... They didn't have a way to fix it, or they didn't have time to fix it. So if the game were to crash, it immediately went into a stage select mode. So if with this game, if you take the cartridge while it's on and like jostle it around and mess up, it'll crash and go to stage select. Weird. And when and when it went to um, the Sega, uh, Sega, the, like, Sega. The, Sega, the Sega QA staff or whatever, okay. to, to be distributed, they looked at it and, it and it happened to them and they said, wow. Why did it go straight to stage select? And they said, "You found a secret. <laughs> it's a feature. It's a feature." And it went, yeah, and it went ahead. That is hilarious. So they actually flubbed it around just to get yeah. through. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So yeah, uh, sometimes you know, it's not a bug; it's a feature. But like this track, <laughs> this track was definitely a feature, and I wish it was a stage theme. Because That's cool. That's very cool. It's very non-Sonicy too. It's got that heavy FM synth guitar sound. I honestly go so far as to say like the entire OST of this game was very unsonic. Mm. Like this track and the Lava Powerhouse stage were the tracks from the game that I I actually enjoyed, and every other track was, in my mind, just serviceable. Like yeah. I listened to it. I guess some people would say the Toxic Cave is good too. And yeah, I'm Toxic not Cave gets a lot of love. Like, dude, that's a cool, it's a cool song. Yeah, I like that that funky guitar on that. But it's all about the lava powerhouse, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like it's very unsonic. So not sonic. It just made noises like Fred Flintstone was running away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think was powering the flippers? Ooh. But like it's go back to Dino Island and <laughs> Dino Land. Dino, Dino what Island. is what is Dino Island? Not Pitbull, I can tell you I that right now. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, my last track is from a system that you love. Ooh. Turbo Graphics. Turbo Graphics 16. Alien Crush. PC Engine. No, this is a game called Time Cruise 2. I think this was only PC Engine. Ooh. And this is the main stage theme. And it is composed by Hiroto Saito.
You're listening to Main Stage Background Music 1 from the game Time Cruise 2 for the PC Engine composed by Hiroto Saito. And this is amazing. This has got so many different voices going on. It's got those sampled drums. It's got that cool bass. That oh, so cool. And those kind of cool sound effects where it goes... This, it's a fun track. This is a fun, fun song. This is the kind of track where I can say for a fact that this is definitely something that you want to have looping as you play for hours trying to get a high yeah, score. Yeah. Now, I had never heard of this game until you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was that this was like a Naxat pinball game, which is the same company that did Devil's Crush and Alien Crush. Right. But apparently this is from a company called Face. And I have never seen a pinball game like this one. It has tables, three tables alongside each other. So there are grooves off the or alcoves off the side of the center table where if you knock the ball into them, you go to a completely different table. And apparently my phone is calling itself somehow. <laughs> a little technical difficulties here. I almost want to check this and see if it's some kind of weird problem, but I'm gonna let it go to voicemail. Yeah, that's right. So well, it goes off so the ball goes off into a side table? Yeah, so there's like the center tables, which is where you start, and then there are alcoves and the on the top screen, because the pinball machine from the center is just tall machine, really tall actually. And if you can knock the ball into either of those, it'll go to a whole nother table that's running alongside the current pinball table, and it's got its own sets of obstacles and the like. And if you gutter ball on those, it rocks you back to the center table. Oh wow! So I'm not. Sh- I, it sounds to me like it's really hard to die in this game by virtue of that alone. But but, there, but it sounds like there's a lot of variety. Oh yeah, that's cool. It's, um, it's this is probably one of the busiest video pinball games I've ever seen. Uh, don't you love this like this 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 Turbo Graphics 16 sound? It's oh. So it's so unique. This is probably one of my favorites as far as the game OSTs mm. goes on the, in the console hardware. Like you might be like the Genesis because the FM synth. Yeah. For me, it's always been Turbo Graphics and Turbo Duo, CD audio, and just the music they pumped out of these Hue cards yeah, was yeah, something else. The, the Hue the Hue chip or whatever it was. It's got. Such a unique sound to it. It's it doesn't have a whole lot of top end to it, so I've actually bumped it up with an equalizer. <laughs> um, but it's just so cool. There's so many. I think it holds like six or eight voices, but they're all still you know just standard square waves and some 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 sawtooth waves. Well, I know I need to find cool. this game now. Yeah. I want to play it um, again. I think it is uh, Japan only. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna say now that it is. I'll find a way because that's just that system didn't have region lock. Yeah, this guy, this guy. Oh yeah, I know you can play whatever on that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right, what is your? Is it your last track now, right? Yes, sir. What you, what you got? So, I could go. With, I'm just gonna go with this. <laughs> stick with what we have. Video pinball. My last track. I had a final track that actually wasn't video pinball, and I'll just mention it. It was from the game Bride of Pinbot, the Machine, which has some really good music on it. But the track I have here also is from the original Pinbot, which was I was actually learned about from our friend Michael Michael Myers. Oh, um, it's the title theme from Pinbot, and it was composed by David Wise. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
are listening to the title theme from the game Pinbot. <laughs> Composed by David Wise. Now, this is a game, again, I I knew of The Bride of Pinbot. Oh, yeah, that was the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I never knew of the original being Pinbot. Pinbot is a famous arcade pinball machine. Like, super famous. The same thing with um, The Bride of Pinbot. I knew nothing of it. My friend was like, you gotta check out this sack from Pinbot. <laughs> and I brought up, I was like, we need to do a pinball episode. <laughs> it has to be this done. This is cool. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I realized David Weiss did the music to this. This has definitely got his sound on it, and I like it. Hey, this is gold. Like, this isn't even my usual sound, I don't mm. think, but it works in so many ways. Makes me want to do a remix or something to it. To do something hey, with it, yeah. Good for Bonus Beats 3. This time it's personal. <laughs> yeah, but it's all, it'd be, that'd be all personal music for me. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But this is cool. Oh, it's so cool. I love that sound. That... Yeah, it's beep boopy, but that bass, it's all over. Oh, when it hits, it hits. Like, it all works, for me, it all works together so well, but the underlying dig-it-dig-it-dig-it just connects it all in such a way that it it's wonderful. I love that oh, sound. Yeah, that's great. This is all good. Like, this episode has got me in a mood to play a number of games I had never known about in the past. Or not so much I didn't know about, but I didn't think about them more so. There's this one, obviously. It's Pinball Quest, which we didn't pick any tracks from. Right. And there's a game that I feel like I heard of, but then quickly forgot existed. But now I want to go back and try it again. It's called Rollers of the Realm, which is pretty much... Huh. It came out on PS4 some time ago, and I want to say Atlas did it. But <laughs> an Atlas pinball game. I know they did Rock of Ages. At least they published it. Mm. So I feel like maybe they did this one too. But it's essentially another pinball role-playing game, hmm. which I want to try because it just seems yeah, so I love quirky. The, yeah, I love the idea of like mixing those things together. Yes. It's a cool idea. So it was like all oh, these games, mm. these Odamas and these pinball quests and these rolling realms. And now Breakout's getting a lot of push too like that lately. Yeah, it's kind of kind of making a comeback, right? Different different ideas. I saw a something on Steam. I think it was on Steam. A very similar RPG style breakout game. I know about Wizorb. Wizorb, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Wizorb. Yeah. There's a game that just came out on PS4, which I keep flaking on buying called like the breakfastist <laughs> that's awesome where you're basically like a wizard <laughs> battling to save breakfast it's so oh, that's bizarre awesome. love the name of that and the music i think you'd like oh yeah the music is something to something Ooh. phenomenal well how about we get to some more music and i pull the track down and we have part of the show that Pernell and I, we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus. Bonus round. Oh! Oh! Damn, Pernell. Pinball man! Bringing it back. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And our theme this week is pinball games. So I chose from... Not a pinball game, but a pinball-themed level. Oh. In uh, one of the... I don't even... I haven't played this one, man. It's the one of the newer Mario Kart games. Waluigi's, oh, Waluigi Pinball! Waluigi Pinball. That level's the best. Yeah, it's really cool. And the... Well, it looks really cool. I have not played it. But this is a remix from a guy. He just goes by the name Video Game Remixes. And we'll have link, links to all of his work. But he's very, very talented, as you will soon find out. And this is simply called the Waluigi 
Pinball Remix. That level that is easily my favorite oh, so good, right? Mario Kart level in some time. It's so creative. Mm. That was the Waluigi Pinball Remix from Video Game Remixes. And yeah, that's that was my favorite one that I found. There's a, there's a lot of great remixes. There's a lot of really good remixes out there for Waluigi Pinball, but that one. I like that one. I'm sad that it was already over. I yeah. was grooving to it. I kind of like that it's short and sweet. You know, it gets in there and you get a little wahs and you're good to go. Yeah, that was the best one. <laughs> Wah! <laughs> I know you like that. Wah! Oh, man. So, yeah, some funky beats. Um, a lot of what this guy does is very uh, much on that, that funky electro sound. I like it. I think it's dancey. See, I, I want to play. Super dancey. I just want to play Mario Kart with people now. I have <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe still in the shrink wrap. I, can, I never, get, never get people to play. Oh, I love Mario Kart, man. Mario Kart 7 was a jam. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart DS. Mario Kart DS was phenomenal. That was amazing. It's like, it's just, I want to get Mario Kart in. <laughs> I found it with Mario Kart DS that. Because like to get the speed, you had to like shake the stick back and forth uh-huh. while you were drifting to get the extra like sparks or to make it faster. That my thumb was just destroyed by the end of a session. Man, that means you were putting in that effort. I, I was doing great. I was I, very good we, at what I did. I still remember <laughs> a ways back. I think this is like when we were all like still hanging out and like a certain we were playing um at our friend Matt's house. We were playing Mario Kart Double Dash. Bird like. Double Dash had a method, a mode where you could play up to eight players. Yeah. Two players per oh, cart. That's right. Yeah. One person would hang on the back, right? Yep. And you would occasionally switch depending on who you needed to do the one thing. And uh, I, be- I was really, and I was playing with one of our friends. And uh, I got this whole met- methodology going where like, you had to still do the left and right clicks to get the sparks going to get the blue sparks. Yeah, you get the blue sparks. But to get blue sparks in the co op, you both had to do it in like, pretty much in rhythmic sync. Oh, wow. So. I was like, I would go click, 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 click. Well, that's right. Like both players had to be like together be, and in it. Yeah. You can play online too, right? Where like two people at home can play another two people at another house. I believe so. Oh, that's cool. But like I, we, in this particular situation, it was like one of the very rare times in my life where we asked, got eight people in a room that wanted to play a video game. And uh, 
people were getting really mad at us because I was just like, click, 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 go, go, go. And we were just, we were wrecking, we were wrecking shop. <laughs> it was amazing. And it got to the point where the guy I was playing with was like, look, you guys can hate all you, all you want, but we're winning. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to ride this out. <laughs> so I'm not changing teams. But it was, that game was oh, my man. jam. And I used to use Peach. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, I used to use Daisy because Daisy is the better yeah, princess. Yeah, yeah you like Daisy. That, yeah. And I got that heart shield because that was the best weapon or the best of the character-specific items in the game was the heart shield. And it never came back. That's how good it was. It was <laughs> overpowered. It couldn't even bring it back. They kept the blue shells, though. Yeah, blue shells was that weird catch-up mechanic. Yeah. And, and it all right, as much as everyone hates it, I kind of ultimately wonder how much people would truly be sad if it left because it's the thing you love to hate. <laughs> you love to hate it, and it's gotten to the point where everyone's adapted to how they deal with it. Like, yeah, it's, it's a part, part of the it, game. Yeah, it's part of the game now. Yeah, the game's been around for so long. I remember first playing this on the Super Nintendo. Yep, for, and being blown away. And then what? Not have I didn't have a Super Nintendo at the time. I, I was a Sega Genesis kid. So wanting to play this so bad was just trying to find any kind of Mario Kart clone for the PC. I'm pretty sure I'm already blasphemous for saying this, but I didn't really jam with the series until 64. Like, I played basic Mario Kart, and I did enjoy battle mode Mm -hmm. with friends, but... The isometric modes, I guess, was that considered mode? No, yeah, was, that was considered mode seven. It's all mode seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't quite gel with me. Like, I didn't, mm. it was like how, you know, some people are bad at reading maps, like topography of a map, or like a, you know, an actual map with topography. Yeah, you had a hard time map. navigating. I that couldn't kind of navigate look. it very well. Yeah. It drove me nuts. It didn't click. But then with Mario Kart 64, and it actually happened to behind the back view, right. you could actually see things with levels. All of a sudden, everything made sense, and then that, plus that game has some crazy secrets on some of those tracks. It really did. I, I remember why, I seen I seen some gameplay of it, but I n- passed the original Mario Kart. I never really played a whole lot of it. It's uh, we had we can go through like a whole well, memory lane. Well, I, I have, Mario I have Kart every DS. Mario yeah, Kart. I know we got we got to play some more. But what's what's your what's your uh, bonus round track? So I did it anyway. I went with Devil's Crush because I can't not. Oh yeah, I had to. You so. found a Devil's Crush cover? That's right. What you got? It's from the band Sword of Justice, which is probably just one guy. But it's Sword of Justice, and it's the main table theme from Devil's Crush, and it's spectacular. And real!
Well then, I yeah. am. You, you, you dig? Yeah, okay. Real real, real life, um, Pranel walked away for a minute there, and I left me just headbanging in the studio <laughs> the whole time. That, that's how it works. I was like, I can't I can't handle all this energy you're putting out. That was like a go. solid four minutes of me just, just swinging my head around. From side to side. Yeah. Come on, decide to go, sort of justice. That was really something. good. That was an amazing... Well, I mean, the track on its own already is crazy good. Mm-hmm. And it's a lengthy track in its own right, too. Yeah, definitely. And sort of justice did great justice <laughs> to the track itself. I am officially... I think I feel like I've even had this artist on the show before, but regardless, I am a, I am a bona fide fan of theirs going forward. I am going to look for other albums because I like their work. Yeah, very good. I, I, I want to I want to hear what more they've got. Cause I love the addition of like that harpsichord in the middle, and I liked all of the like the chorus sound. I mean, it was kind of fakey synthy, but I like that. It was very very nineties kind of sound to it. I liked it. <laughs> very cool. <to> <laughs> that was to I me. Mean, that is Devil's Crush. I think that captured the spirit of Devil's Crush, mm-hmm. which is cool. Such a brutal game. Yeah, such a fantastic game. Next set, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So for more information on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all of the Bandcamp, SoundClouds, um, even the iTunes links, everywhere where you can buy the music and support these amazing artists. We're ending on the Super Nintendo version of Streets of Rage music. That's what it seriously but sounds like. it is not, like. yeah. No, this is uh, from the game Super Pinball, colon, Behind the Mask. And this track is called Wizard. Super cool. But anyway, th- thanks for joining us on this episode of Rhythm and Pixels, where we listen to music from video games about pinball games. <laughs> and sometimes... I feel like we need to do a breakout version of this episode. I think that would be cool. Breakout clones the episode, right? Yes, because there's a lot of them. I am putting that on the list. <laughs> breakout. Oh, what a crazy track. Um, yeah, I liked everything you brought today, and I'm really happy with all my music picks. I was honestly quite pleased. Like Again, like I said yeah. earlier, there were some revelations that came from this mm-hmm. episode, both mm-hmm. from like picks that I came up with from games I never played, to tracks that you brought in that just brought the funk or brought, brought the, funk. the streets of rage yeah it brought that little streets of rage vibe to it i don't know this pinball hits the mean <laughs> streets to show them all who's boss by flipping out mm. and popping pips but i want to put it out there to you the listener uh, are do you have any pinball games that you really like um did you want to get in contact with us and say hi or or uh, do you have a topic suggestion for the show or if you are a remixer or a cover artist for video game music. We want to know. We want to hear from you. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com For a full track listing of every episode, for links to every episode, and for links to everything else that we're doing um, for the podcast, check out the website. Rhythmandpixels.com Oh, baby. Oh, man. I think the microphone's picking up that sweet, sweet sexiness. Yeah. Um, we can also uh, you can also say hi to us on social media, which is uh, Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram. It's 
Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, and if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is to share it with your friends, or you could hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening on, or press like or leave a review. Or if you'd like to support us um, financially, we, we really appreciate that too. All the money goes back into the show, into paying for hosting and new equipment. And we'd like to thank... Oh, you can do that by going to patreon.com. How do you do that, Rob? Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. You click a few <laughs> buttons and put in your wallet, and then I take your money. You put in the wallet. <laughs> you put in your just wallet. dump it into the PC, and then things happen. It's a peripheral. It's about the size of a floppy disk drive. It's <laughs> a little bit wider. You just what? shove your wallet in there. And that comes out the other end into my house. But we want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. We want to start with number one super podcast fan, uh, friend of the show, Alex the Messenger. Thank you, Messenger. You're a good man. Good man. Quality gent. We want to thank Brian Kunkel, also super quality. Thank you so much for supporting us. Much appreciated, sir. We want to thank Bobby Arson, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala. Still love that name. Great name. Carlos, thank you. Morton Gangso, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Love that guy. Yes. Brian Pitt, always thank you so much for the support. Thank you, sir. We want to thank Chris Murray. We want to thank Daniel Smith, the David Smith. Oh, my God. That was intentional. That was not intentional. Yes, it was. If it was, oh, my God. You know, I was coming up to it, and I was like, I'm going to say his name right this time. Clearly the pressure is on. <laughs> you can't. Clearly I need to just write these names down and not just Daniel assume Daniel I Smith. Get this from his email address. Um, and we want to Johnny Appleseed. A super super special thank you to a new Patreon subscriber, Joe Vasallo. Joe, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, good sir. Thank you all actually cuz you're yeah. all fantastic people. I, we like talking games with you too cuz I noticed a lot more people have been reaching out to us. Just discussing gaming tastes yeah. and music interests and all of it. And quite frankly, that's one of the best things about this show. It's like Rob and I get to hang out. And essentially, by virtue of putting the podcast, I was like, we're hanging out with you guys. So then when you contact back, it's like, hey, check out this game. It feels <laughs> yeah. like a, a friendship hangout dialogue is occurring. Yeah, it kind of expands it. I mean, I would say the best part of the show is hanging out with you. Oh, stop it. I drank a lot of coffee and tea. I'm going to sob caffeine. <laughs> I'm going to throw it all up. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice having that, that little extra conversation with everybody. Yes. Um, we have a, a Discord channel if you want to check that out. It's also linked on the website. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier on the episode, but we have, if you go to YouTube and search for Rhythm and Pixels, we have a 24-7 radio station of nothing but just our favorite um, classic 8-bit and 16-bit video game music there's also playlists from forever sound version there's playlists from pixel tunes radio and there are playlists from the vgm jukebox just a lot of play a lot of stuff so much play you got to list it um and anyway tune in next week because next week we have we have we have an episode for you that you do not want to miss we have a guest that you want to hear from here here to that i'm so excited to have this guest on the show you have no idea it was one of those long shot reach outs, yeah. and then the long shot shot back. So um, I'll put out a little bit of a, maybe a little a teaser of who it might be um, sometime next week. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited to have him on, and it's, it's going to be awesome. So look, look forward to that. And that, that's, that's all I've got. Um, thank you for listening to the Rhythm and Pixels 
video game music podcast. I'm going to itch my nose. Scratch that. There we go. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week. Stay safe and be good to each other. And be good to you. Vulcans. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> it's nice to have heroes and it's nice to have people that you look up to and people that you feel are supportive from. Not supportive of, but just people to look up to. But heroes are people too. And they can, they are fallible. And when that, if that happens, how do you deal? Everyone has their own ways. My take is just to be content, be happy with the good that has been done, but also be aware of the fact that, again, this is a person. They're no better or worse than you are. Let them have, if they make a mistake, they did their thing and they can deal with it. That's their, they got to live up to it or own up to it. But shouldn't feel bad, shouldn't take it too hard to heart. Just, it just is. It just is. Everyone's human. Hmm. And Poe Body's nerfic. <laughs> right, Daniel Smith? I felt like saying it because <laughs> Rob's naming conventions. Yeah, I need to do better. No, no, that's, that's the charm. <laughs> you like it. I know you like it. All right, come on. <laughs>